Hi, I'm Greg Schaefer. Welcome to the Virtual CISO Moment. Information security policies. They're necessary for an organization because they dictate and direct how the information security program is built and managed and, and operationalized and basically made effective for protecting the assets of the organization. But there's a lot of confusion and uncertainty as to what makes a good information security policy or suite of policies. One of the first things that we encounter often is organizations that have policies that are more procedure documents, or perhaps they're a mixture of both. A policy always should be high level. It should basically say, this is what the organization needs to be doing, but not necessarily how the organization is doing it. That would be procedures. One of the most important aspects of an information security program is the governance in and of itself. And the information security policy, and I say that with capital letters, ISP, is an overarching document, an umbrella document, if you will, that establishes that governance and the roles and the responsibilities for managing and maintaining that program. Now, some organizations will stop right there, They'll, and, and this could be a document that's maybe a page or two long. Other organizations will include other policy statements within that, such as uh, acceptable use and information classification, incident response, user access management, business continuity. The problem with doing all that, though, is that then the policy becomes, first of all, bloated, and second of all, it becomes something that is an offered to an audience of all when maybe it doesn't need to be. So let's just think about audience for different types of policies. The information security policy, the overall arch, overall reaching document document of the information security program, again, that's going to describe the governance. So how the board of directors interacts and and uh, governs the program, how you have that interaction with the information security team, um, the C-suite buy-in, and then the specific roles and the responsibilities of the key players. And, and really within an information security program, you've got just a few key players, key roles. You, of course, will have your chief information security officer or the equivalent, the one who is responsible for managing the program. You certainly need to have that in there as a baseline for any information security program. Uh, then, then you'll have uh, the equivalent of system administrators. This is a lot of the IT area. These are the folks that take care of the information systems where information is stored on. Another role would be information owners. Sometimes the word owner is, is not the best word for this. Sometimes I like to say information steward. These are the people who have a business need for collecting information, a demonstrated need. And, and if basically an organization doesn't have a need to collect information, then they shouldn't be collecting it or, or holding on to the information. So these folks aren't necessarily responsible for the technical controls that are in place, but they are responsible for ensuring that the information is protected within the program. And then, of course, you have the users themselves. And these would be folks all over the organization that need to have access to certain elements of the information. And finally, there's the user access administrators. This is a, could be the system administrators or a different role. These are very important um, 
uh, roles within the organization because often the gaps in a security program are when people terminate, whether it be on voluntarily or they're asked to leave, sometimes their access isn't changed. Or if they change positions within the company, sometimes they're given a role that needs to have new access, but their old access is not taken away. So that's what the information security policy does. Another policy would be the acceptable use policy, and this is exactly what it says that it is. It's what you can and cannot do with the information technology assets of the organization. So one might be you can access it remotely so long as you use a VPN. The other one that you can't do is perhaps use social media when you're on the company's network. Another policy might be getting back to user access. How the user access roles are managed. So you might say that there needs to be a process from human resources to let IT know that these folks are no longer part of the organization. Information classification is a huge policy. It can be short, but most organizations tend to have at least three levels of classification. I think it's more common to have four and then some have higher levels above that. But a common uh, taxonomy would be public information, which would be those types of uh, information data elements that you'd see on a website. Private would be, uh, let's say, a call list. It, it, if it got out, it wouldn't necessarily be the worst thing as far as the company is concerned, but it's, it's not something that you want to have out publicly. So it, like something you wouldn't want to put on a website, obviously. And then confidential is information that if it got out, it could cause some damage to the organization. And then finally, a subset of confidential might be sensitive. And this is really the crown jewels, so to speak, of, a, of an organization that if this information got out, there can be serious damage to the organization, even to the point of it being um, the end of the organization in and of itself, if there was a breach. So the, the uh, audience for this sort of policy may not be everybody within the organization, although everybody within the organization should understand the classification of the information that they're handling and also have training and techniques on how to protect that information. So as you can see, certain types of policies, like um, for those that involve cryptography, for example, that's the, the encryption of data, those policies only need to be um, distributed to most likely the system administrators and, and those sorts of technical folks. But um, other policies need to be distributed organization-wide. Um, something like the information security policy in and of itself might actually be something that an organization wants to uh, provide for clients and prospects in order to show as part of the client or the prospect's due diligence how your organization handles information security. Policies and procedures don't need to be... Um, overly burdensome. They don't need to be uh, a headache. And probably one of the worst things that, that uh, companies can do is to create a whole long policy set without operationalizing them, without actually understanding, even from the get-go of building the policies, uh, how these things will work in a pragmatic sense. A policy does no good if it's not followed. And policies should be written from the perspective not of necessarily following a certain um, standard or, or framework, 
but for ensuring that you're meeting the risks of your organization. Yeah, I said the word risk. That's a word that I use repeatedly on these um, episodes because, as I've said many times beforehand, uh, information security is all about managing risk. So I hope this has been helpful for you uh, with regards to policies. We'll probably dive in a little bit more into the individual policies sometime in the future. 